Match day live extra at Old Trafford where the Wolves supporters are still singing loud and proud. I'm Mikey Burrows, Andy Thompson alongside me. Former Wolves captain Sam Ricketts has been watching from home. Full time Manchester United nil, Wolverhampton Wanderers 1. João Martinho with the goal to end 42 years of hurt at the 14th time of asking. Wolves have won at Old Trafford. It's the first time since February of 1980. John Barnwell was the manager. Mel Eves, who's been in the press box tonight, was the man who got the winning goal. It has been such a long wait. Here was the tail of the game. 52% possession in the end for United to 48% from Wolves. But in the first half, it was 53-47 in Wolves' favour as they completely took the game to the home team with 14 shots on goal compared to United's four. Wolves had had six corners in that first half alone. United hadn't had any. They came back into it, as you would imagine, in the second half. United, they changed formation to match up against Wolves. Such, I guess, was the way that Wolves were dominant in the game all the way through. In the end, 52-48 possession for United, but 19 shots to nine for Wolves and eight corners to three. The big moment came right at the end when Bruno Fernandez's free kick was palmed away by Jose Sarr. Let's bring in Sam Ricketts. You predicted it, Sam, so enjoy yourself right now. What a game that was in the end. I'll enjoy it, but not half as much as the Wolves supporters in that stadium. What a performance. From, from the outset, they were the front on the front foot not so much controlled in the game, but always it was just waiting for that final pass, shot, cross, whatever it was, to for it to go. And it took Matinho, and it's a very, very well-deserved win. Very well. Yeah, so look, I thought the win thoroughly deserved. Say so first off, especially I thought they played really well. Bit, a bit more open in the second half. Man United had to make a change in that uh, first half because say so look, they're getting overrun by Wolves, the quality of Wolves, and the opportunities that they created. But so you saw it there, Man United threw everything at them. Uh, they stood strong at the back. They made it difficult for Man United to get any free efforts at goal. OK, Fernandez hit the bar. That's the first time I think we switched off in the game, was that chance when they should have scored. But you yeah. can't your blessings sometimes and you think, have you got the luck today? And clearly we did today. We are saying about, you were saying earlier about you know, creating chances, 19 shots. Wolves have had today at Old Trafford. Yeah, away from home. Target, unbelievable. It is. It is. They say, look, and you just think about it. Say, look, they come here, and I just said to Mikey there, if you don't concede goals, it gives you a great opportunity to win games, and that Wolves yeah. have done that this year. And I say, look, I know they're not massive goal scorers, but what they have done, it gives them an opportunity to win a game, and it's proven it again today. And what I think what we're seeing here is now the way that Wolves are, are playing and being a bit more expansive and creating chances like today. Well, it's great when you're not scoring those, keep it at zeros and ones, so one goal wins you the game or gets you a point. But we're looking at a team now that looks like it can evolve and can go in 19 shots. You, you could and should be scoring two or three from that and continue that into the other games. It, it changes the whole dynamic of, of the team. The first half performance, boys, we'll come to the goal in a second and, and what happened in that kind of manic last 10-15 minutes, really, that I'm not, you know, still trying to recover from, if I'm being completely honest. But the first half performance, to me, Tomo, and we talked a little bit about this at half-time, it felt like it was Ruben Neves' game. Yeah. 
He and João Moutinho were in complete control against the Manchester United midfield two of Nemanja Matic and Scott McTominay, who could not get anywhere near them. No. That changed second half, but just before we talk about the second half, just give credit to those two for the way they played first yeah, period. Exceptional. I thought the two of them played, and people talk about can they play together, and it's proven that this season that they can. They make it, make it difficult for teams, they make it hard for teams to actually uh, get anything. The, the press as a pair which is uh, essential to what they need to be doing. But what they do when they get the ball, they soon open up uh, teams. They make sure that they give a chance. I'm just looking at the stats here. Man United have had nine attempts at goal. We've had 19. We've had six on target. Just shows you what this team believes in and how they play. They believe in in themselves. Watch it again. The line, defensive line, the three lads at the back, the goalkeeper, even in the last seconds of the game. We've got a goalkeeper who's pulling off a save like that and it just shows you the quality that you got. I'm hoping that they can build on this now. So, look, I know the January window is always a difficult time to get players in, but it just shows you what we've got. But we've got, is it February time? We've got Johnny, we've got Neto to come in. What a side to come into. I'm well, really looking forward to Neto coming back yeah. and joining this. Oh, well, I'm just saying, you're looking at Johnny, you're looking at two players there, it's going to be like a new signing, or two new yeah. signings. And you look at what they're coming into. They're coming into a team that has got that much belief in the way that they play and make it difficult for teams. That but, do you know that the key thing, though, uh, is that every time they've scored this season, they've won. I mean, I don't know whether you can still hear behind us, Sam. There are Wolves supporters who do not want to leave <laughs> inside this stadium right now. It's brilliant. But this is the point, right? Every time they've scored, they've won. Because Is that because of how good they are defensively? Or is there something else in play that is going about it? And obviously the, the case gets made that when they don't score, they leave themselves open to, yeah. to losing games. They don't deserve no. to lose. Well, we got caught early on in the season. We got caught that way, didn't we? We created that many chances. We weren't clinical enough and we got punished. Today, we got that vital goal. But what the, and I'll keep saying it. If you keep clean sheets, it gives you a great opportunity to win a game. If you make it difficult for teams to get behind you we played Chelsea and Man U in the last two games and we conceded no goals we scored against Chelsea okay it was offside don't get me wrong but we scored against Chelsea uh, we've scored again today but we've made it difficult for teams they find it difficult to get clear cut opportunities against us the only one they've had and that was the only blemish on today's game was the one they switched off they let Matic just get the run on off the throw in um, and it allowed him to get there and pull the ball back for Fernandes who should have scored but how many times have we had luck this season? Where did they gone for us? It's gone for us, and we've gone on to get the three points. But again, it's difficult to concentrate for 90 minutes. They've done near enough that okay, that one lapse in concentration could have cost them. But it just shows you what they think of this team and this squad at the minute. And we haven't got a massive they're a squad. Real, they're a team, aren't they? Yeah. You know, if you know, we all say about they're a, uh, like a, a unit. Yeah. It's 11 players a unit, right from the keeper, front foot, come and catch anything in his box clear up anything that he can get to balls over the top but the whole the whole club or the whole whichever 11 are on the pitch act as a unit there's no individuals there I'll tell they you all work. I'll tell you what we've got as well you've got a, a team here as well that have got so much confidence in their goalkeeper they yeah. know if any chance that the ball goes over the top of them he's going to be there or thereabouts you see him coming out he's coming headed he's come out the area headed the ball out he's come another time he's ready he's come to punch it 
you know that if something goes behind there, it's going to be he's going to be there or thereabouts. And again, and then to be look, say he hasn't had loads. You look at them stats over there. He hasn't had loads today, but what he has done, focus, concentration, last seconds of the game, 94 minutes gone, and he still pulls off a great save like that to, keep, to win us the game. And that tells you about how good this goalkeeper is. Like I, know, I think it's a great feeling as a, yeah. as a defender. You know, anything that you, you think you're a centre of Connor Cody, anything above your head, you're not thinking, oh, I wish my keeper would come. Is he coming? Is he not coming? You know he's coming. Yeah, you know you're he's there. You're man, you do it. It's a great feeling knowing that Anything comes in, he's coming. It's um, it's a it's a huge weapon, power, I think, as a, as a defence. Yeah. We talk about that. Tomo's just mentioned that save at the end, Sam. You know, with Tomo talked a little bit about luck as well. It's funny, isn't it, in, in the game? And you two will have experienced both sides of Lady Luck at different opportunities in games. That sometimes you feel it is your day. And when Bruno Fernandez hits the crossbar with his chance, and then in the last second. Jose Sara is able to produce the save that he did. You know that they've earned it, right? It's yeah. not. It's not just luck. They've yeah. earned it. But boy, oh, was it on their side. And more than earned it in the game. If they didn't get anything out of the game, it'd be so so harsh on on the Wolves players. Um, but with the save itself being a bit harsh here, I think the save is a standard save. I expect him to save it. The reason I think he's done well, he held his nerve and went and trusted the wall to do the left-hand side of the goal. Yeah. I'll do anything right. If he had doubted himself and gambled and taken a step to the left, he might not have got back to it. But it was the the trust and probably the confidence then he showed in the wall to say, right, I'll trust you to do that. I'll look after this side. Yeah, that's what, that's what he's got though. So look, you, you know that Anything that's going to come there, he's going to be there or thereabouts behind anything. So, like, you've got to keep, if you've got a keeper like that and the confidence that you've got in the keeper, as defenders, you know, Sam, if you've got to keep what you know and the way that he plays the game, where he's on the front foot, you'll give you so much uh, uh, faith in what you're doing because you know you can hold a, a high line because anything that does go over the top, he's going to be there or thereabouts, either delaying them, saving it, picking it up and just give you a chance to get back. And he does that time yeah. and time again. When he's playing, he has really good communication. A couple of times, crosses coming in where a yeah. defender at the last second has left it because he's obviously demanded he'll take the ball. Yeah, Conor Cody ducked, didn't he? Yeah, Conor Cody ducked. There was one first half as well. And you just, he, I think, what because he comes for everything, if he shouts, you know, as a defender, not a problem. I can I can leave it, I can, I can body it or do whatever I need to do. He will come and get this ball. Whereas if a keeper sometimes comes, sometimes doesn't come, then you have slash at it. You skim it. He says, well, I shout with for it. Well, I didn't know you were going to come. He comes. That's it. There's end of story. Yeah. There's no indecisiveness, is there? So no. you know he's coming. You know that what, whatever's happening, he's coming out for it. So, look, and again, he he's always seems to be just on the front foot. But just getting to the, the three lads in front of him, Saez, Conor Cody and Kilman, how well have they played together? So, again, you've seen Saez, Conor Cody misses it. Saez just steps across. Um, Kilman misses it Conor Cody steps across and vice versa as well Kilman misses it Conor Cody comes in with the shot it just shows you what a unit them, them three players have become it's going to be a massive shame for Saez going um, yeah, it but there was one occasion uh, McTominay went through and then all three of them just yeah. descended on him I think one got in one took the block another one got kicked and it's probably just typified the three of them just all converged on McTominay and made sure that he couldn't score <laughs> Um, Sam, let's talk about the impact that Adama Traore made 
coming on into that game because I, I thought Francisco Trincao and Daniel Perenz actually had pretty good matches and they were involved quite a bit. And, you know, Trincao, I think, stepped over one on the edge of the box when Tomo thought he should have taken it on on a stronger yeah. foot to shoot himself. But at Traore coming on, you spoke about it a little bit before the game. That different type of player to go to the byline crafted the opportunity for Matinho. He just got, he, he must, it'd be the worst feeling in the world watching him come on with 20, 30 minutes to go because you just know his pace and power, you, you cannot stop it. I think later on in the game when he wanted to slow the game down, he actually slows it down, he, he sucked McTominay in and then just went again like a sprinter out of the box. Well, no one can stop him. How? And this is what I think what everyone gets frustrated with him about because he can be unstoppable. And the impact he made in, dropped the shoulder, crossed it in, headed out and then obviously Moutinho touch and finish. But it's the ability to drive with the ball, go past people, cross it. Um, and they got one goal and I think with him on the pitch, they, they probably should have got a couple more as well. Yeah, that's kind of the slight frustration, isn't it? That it was only one because it probably did deserve more. Um, Tomo, a word on, on Adama Traore and also, I guess, on Fabio Silva who came on and played his part in the build-up to that goal. Well, we talk about squads, don't we? And, and I know that like, uh, Silva's not as had much game time as probably as Traore had. Um, I know he hasn't played lately, Traore. But what you've got to do, any chance you get of, uh, of getting onto the pitch and have an opportunity to get on the pitch, you've got to make things happen. You've got to do things. Forget about like your own personal things. You've got to think about, hang on a minute, I've got to do it for that team. And I think they've got that collectiveness in the, in the squad. I think that they've got that collectiveness as, as a unit that they want to all play for each other. You see it out there. Jimenez running 60 yards to go and close somebody down in the first half. You've got Traore running 30, 40 yards forward and trying to help his team out. You've got Silva who's trying to hold the ball up, trying to get, get some kind of space or get a free kick or get some kind of uh, free kick off the, the referee. But it's, it's all about working for the team. And look... Not, not everybody can play. I know people get frustrated in the modern day. They want to play football. Um, and, and rightfully so, you want to play football. But but what you've got to do when you come on to there, you've got to try your best that you can. And for me, Traore, when he come on, it caused them big problems. And you saw them just backing off. The space that he had caused them massive problems. And he's ended up getting on there, going against Shaw, setting, ended up setting up the goal um, from a clearance from the Man United players. But, again, you see the frustration from Man United. You see the frustration from the crowd. And that's what you've got to do. You've got to go out there, try and silence the crowd. But the only way you can do that is sticking together. And they've done that again today. And, the, uh, and for the majority of the games this season, uh, they've been excellent in, in the way that they've played. Made it difficult for teams. Um, and, again, they've played against some big teams. West Ham, when they were running in that kind of form. Chelsea, I know, let a little few, a few goals in. Had a goal disallowed, unfortunately, but then to come to Old Trafford, sell-out crowd, and to get those three points and that victory. But um, I'll tell you what, then players will be in there after having two weeks off as such from games. They'll be in there and they'll be so, so happy with themselves. How much do we think, actually, Sam, that that, that two weeks without a game, did it play a part today? Were, were United maybe a bit tired or, or do we are we taking away from Wolves tactically if we, if we point to the fact they had a two-week break? Um, I wouldn't say the United made changes. They, they've got enough players. I just think Wolves were were on the game today. I think the tactics were spot on. I think the players carried it out fantastically well. And just backing up what Tom was there, they, to a man, they gave everything everything they could. I think there was a ball, second half, Poland's 
meant went to put someone in down the right. It was nowhere near Jimenez, but he chased it 40 yards, made the hair kick out, and you get a throw in. Fabio Silva comes on, wins a few fouls. You know, he does his bit for the team, whatever anyone needs. Then Donka, likewise. I just think as a, as a group of players, the unity they showed, I don't think you can take anything away from them. I, I don't think Wolves let United... I don't think United knew what they, what they wanted to do. Wolves didn't let them do whatever they wanted to do um, because I just think they, they swarmed all over them energy-wise. They were better with them, better than them on the ball. Passing was crisper, neater, sharper. The pressing was better. I think just in every department... They, they bullied Man United. <laughs> That's amazing to hear people talk about though, isn't it? Yeah, well, you talk about Man United being one of the biggest clubs in the world and you've come to Old Trafford. And again, you said, was it 1980 since the last one? Yeah. And to come here and play and put on a display like that uh, is exceptional to the way that well, they played. I thought, I thought, but I just thought the game was entertaining as well. I thought, it wasn't like, yeah, okay. It was definitely. It yeah. wasn't coming back and sitting on the edge of the box. No. And, Winning and having two or three counter attacks. They were taking the game half. to Man United for me. That first, especially yeah. the first half, I thought that they pressed Man United to to making errors. I think in that first half they pressed them. Definitely. De Gea, the centre backs, uh, kept giving the ball to Wolves, and that's because the pressure. Uh, what they've done as a team, working hard on the training ground to close teams down. You saw what it meant to the fans. How long did it take yeah. them to go out the day when they go? Yeah, it's so finally like, quiet inside here. They didn't want to go, so like they're still hanging on to the seat, I think. Here's a, here's a question then for you both, because we played Manchester United early in the season and we had 15 shots in that game and we unfortunately lost by the odd goal. And it, I mean, 19 shots, by the way, is the second most in the season. Only against Spurs, the game ahead of that Manchester United game, have we had more shots in a match. It's actually... It's actually more shots in this game than in the previous four Premier League games added up together. Yeah. So, are we looking at this team now? And question for you both, and Sam, you can come in first, and then Tomo pick up after. Are we looking at Wolves now and saying, this is the way they have to play? They have to go at teams and play in this attacking style because this is the way not only will it get fans on the edge of their seats and engaged and excited in ways they maybe haven't quite been in the last 18 months, but it's clearly an effective way of playing with the group of players they have. I feel about this, and refer back to Tom a little bit earlier, saying when every time you kept a clean sheet, you've won the game, one goal is enough. I get that. I just feel this team is slowly evolving into a team that doesn't have to rely on one goal to win a game. I think they're evolving into a team that can go and score twos and threes. And they're a bit like the start of the season. You have to be careful because if you do go and create a lot of chances and you don't take them, you know, one goal, you will end up conceding maybe a couple more goals. If you're going to be clinical, go and create 19 chances. Score one or two. And if you concede one, doesn't matter. You still won the game. I think that's where the team's going to now. 19 shots, that's the only downside. You should be should have been scoring two or three today. And I think that's the, the difference for Wolves to go now and take that next step to being a top six challenger consistently, season on season, is the situations they've got themselves in today, you need to score more than one goal. You can't just rely on your back three and goalkeeper producing clean sheet after clean sheet to go and win games. And like I said at the start, I think what we're seeing now is a team that looks like it's capable of creating these chances. Now we need to see, is it a team that can go and put two, three, four goals away in a game consistently? Yeah, I, th- I think that that's the that's bigger thing for me as well. 
we said about it at the beginning, didn't we, about having a, a good balance in the team and about not conceding and creating chances but taking them. The only thing for me, and I say that it's still something they can work on, and there's no reason why we can't, because you saw Neves in the first half have a couple of chances, you've seen a couple of ch opportunities in there, is to be more clinical. The need to be able to kill teams off. You don't want to be scrapping at nil-nil, had all the play, had all the, the possession in that first half, created opportunities, it's nil-nil. The team is still in it. We were lucky that Fernandez missed that chance because with all the play that Wolves has had, Fernandez has had the chance, hit the crossbar. Great bit of luck for us. But that can be something that can damage it. And that's what damages us at the beginning of the season. Played really well, created opportunities and ended up losing the game. And again, you're looking at zero points after three games. You've had like 60, 70 chances on goal in the three games and you haven't scored none. For me... That's something that we've got to address. We've got to make sure we take a little bit more care, be a little bit more clinical in that top third, because we still had opportunities in there, but we just can't get it right at the minute. I don't know why, I don't know why, but we just can't get it right at the minute. And that's something that we need to make sure that we get. As, as Sam was touching on there, if we want to push on and we want to be pushing for the higher positions in the league, that's what you've got to do. You've got to make sure that you get on that. <laughs> well, this is my next point to you both then, OK? Because you both know if Chris Wellamo was here, he'd be talking about a, a, a push for the Champions League right now. <laughs> I'm not quite saying that. I'm not quite saying that. Well, you know, listen, Wolves are seven points off the top four with a game in hand on Arsenal. They have to play Arsenal twice as well. But obviously there's lots of yeah. permutations to kind of go from there. But in reality, in getting into Europe is seventh place and Wolves are three points behind Manchester United now. Uh, some will look at this and say they are 12 points away from 40-point mark and safety, yep. which is the first and foremost. So yep. I, I'm not no, I'm not going to say to you both, tell me are they in a European race or, or relegation, because they're not in either at the moment, yep. in theory. But which way are you leaning more? Are you just get that 12 points and we'll see what happens? Uh, look, look, it'll take care of itself. If you keep putting in performance, the points will take care of themselves for me. I think that if you keep playing like the way that we did today you're going to pick up points. There's no doubt about it. So 12 points is not going to be a problem. I know what you're saying. Oh, that 40-point mark is the safety mark. But for me, I would be rather looking at the top or looking upwards than rather downwards for me. I think that the way that we're playing, the way that we're going about games, um, again, I'd still like us to be more prolific in front of goal. We can't have everything, I suppose. But what they're doing, they're picking up points. They keep picking up points, even if it's a draw. Um, and saying all having the three points there, but they're still doing it. And for me, I would say, okay, safety 40 points, but I think if you take care of the games yourself and make sure you perform in the games, you, yeah, you're going to get those 12 I, points. I just say, I, the, the only reason I ask the question is because I, I guess it's a, an interesting mindset question in terms of... Well, you've got to be of, positive. Yeah. You've got to be positive and look are, at the top. Are you the type of person who says 12 points and then, no. and then see what happens, or... Actually, we're in a position where we could be the best of the rest and possibly better. I think that we can be... The, look, you're looking at the... You've got the table up there just in front of you. You've got Tottenham there, who's got 18 games on 33 points. Man United on 31. Uh, West Ham on 34. At the end of the day, we're on 28 points. There's no reason why we can't a, a, approach them. Again, you've got to play Arsenal twice. So if you take six points out of Arsenal, all of a sudden, <laughs> you're chasing after Arsenal. But, but it's, that's what it yeah. is. That's how close it is. You're looking, you're looking at, uh, apart from the top three, you're looking at that, Man City, Chelsea, Liverpool. I think any of the other positions at the minute, if you get a run together in this new year coming up, 
I think that you can be pushing up for any of those places. Into I think the I know you're talking about Champions League. Arsenal on 35 points on the Champions League. Have we got a big enough squad for that? Possibly not. But there's no reason why we can't be challenging for them. Again, we're as good as any of them above us. So you look at that. Should have beat Tottenham. Beat West Ham. I know we haven't played Arsenal yet. Should have got a point out of Liverpool. Chelsea, we took a point out. Man City, possibly with the right decision, we could have had a point. So you're looking at the ones above us. There's no reason why we can't take more points off people like that above us even. Now, what I concerns... Think we're we're oh, better than, the, than worrying about the 40 points. I think your 40 points is your bread and butter. Start yeah. of every season, get your 40 points, and like the club are happy. You, you know where you are next year. But this team's better than that. And it will all come down to, and they're not... It's an amazing down... I feel like I'm talking a bit negative. It will come down to how clinical you can... How clinical we are in the attacking third. Can these players become more clinical? Is it one which in January can go and get one or two players to go and make you more clinical? Now... The problem here is those players end up costing 30, 40, 50 million to try and be yeah. more clinical. So where are you at with it? Neto coming back in is really exciting, but then he's not exactly clinical either in front but, of goal. He's going to so take time. Uh, yeah, it? yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know everybody's saying, oh, he's going to be back. But again, it's going to take time for him. But I'm just looking here at the table again, at the bottom of it. I don't think it's we, going to be 40 points this year. No. I'm looking at the, the table, I'm thinking probably... It's going to be a low 34 probably yeah. keeps you up this year. But I'm just team. talking about performances as well. If you look at the ones that the performances there, point from Norwich, point from Burnley, I say we beat Watford, beat Newcastle, a point from Leeds. You're looking at the three out of the five there at the bottom of the league. There, where, there is where, elements where they can improve, yeah, isn't there? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We, I'm saying to you there, we've got to be more clinical against those teams for us. OK, OK, we haven't conceded any goals against uh, Norwich and Burnley. But that's the games that you got to win. That's the games that you got to win. If you want to push on and keep challenging up there or there, thereabouts, those are the games that you got to win. And again, how many chances did we have against Burnley? We had so many yeah. chances. We, could have, um, we should have killed Burnley off. Just, just quickly before we we wrap up and go and enjoy ourselves for the rest of the what's remaining of the bank holiday of of, of Christmas and New Year period. Um, January transfer window is open. Ryan Giles is coming back. From his loan at Cardiff, uh, it looks like Dion Sanderson will come back from his loan at Birmingham. But there is potential, I guess, for reinforcements to come into the club from from genuine signings. That would be the hope. Fingers crossed in terms of that. So, question to you both, I guess: What areas do you look for to strengthen? Because Bruno's talked a little bit about it, but he effectively talked about almost every area bar goalkeeper. Where, where do the what do they need? I've, I've always said I think straight down the spine of the the team. I've, I've said that for a, the last year or so about what we what we need. I think centre half, just a little bit of backup. I think off uh, centre midfield player, more of a probably an attacking midfielder in there, uh, and a, another centre forward. So look, I think that we just need uh, a little bit more, just straight up the middle of the pitch for me. That's what I think. Three more players. Um, okay, the young lads are coming back. Okay, we, we need bodies. We need bodies just in case. But again, the lads are going to done really well on the loans. But coming back into the the squad gives the manager a little bit more of a, a sight into how they play. I know he's seen them before, but just gives him a little bit more of an insight into how they do. Um, but oh, for me, I think straight up the middle. Um, I know it's going to be difficult in January, 
the, the telling time for me is going to be in the summer, I think. I think that's going to be the time. Because clubs don't want to let people go in January for one reason or another. They're either looking at relegation or they're looking yeah. to push forward. So I think it's going to be difficult to bring in what you want in January. But I think that in the summer it's going to be very interesting to see. Do we... Uh, the fair play thing as well does that end in it's the summer? yeah it's done now. see see that again I know you wait for financial yeah, fair play that's later. what I mean so again is that going to release a little bit more money for us to spend because you've got to keep building in this division you it's not it's that top end for me just yeah. getting the top end I agree with Tomo centre half midfielder but they're more backup positions to replace someone if they get injured or yeah. bits and pieces but the top end if for the club to now take that next step everything we've just been talking about is score more goals score more goals and that takes I'd rather put all my eggs in one basket and go and get someone top up there, top, top. It's going to be fascinating, isn't it? Uh, what a day, what a game. Uh, quickly, man of the match from both of you. TV went for Daniel Pudence. Oh, I thought he had a good game today. I thought, I said to you, so look, it's probably the best game that I've probably seen him play for the 90 minutes. He was busy, he was influential throughout the game, he wanted the possession of the ball, he tried to make things happen. Um, and that's what I want to see from him. So you can see that he annoys teams as well. I don't know what it is, but they just seem to be. He seems to niggle at them. It's great. It's great for him to do that. I, I think it's great. So, but look, I thought he, I thought he played well. I thought Neves, especially in that first half, I thought played really well. I thought second half just faded a little bit. Where Pedence, I thought still played really well. But I thought Neves played really well in that first half. He absolutely him and Matinho just controlled everything. So it's very close in the first half between Pedence and Neves. But I think Pedence probably in the second half probably just edges it for me. Sam? Yeah. Echo that really. I think there's a number of good players what Max Kilman did really yeah. well again. Um, I'd probably go with Neves. I just think in the middle of the pitch, I think Matino and Neves, everyone speaks down of physically, can they do it? Can they run around? Well, the two of them just controlled the game. Physically were fine with the ball, outstanding, moved the ball, crispness of passing. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give that Neves and you know what we barely mentioned the fact that he nearly scored another world class volley oh, what a, in the what first shot. half and it was and, and I was just saying like, I know the keeper's made a save on it but I was wondering is he going over and he's just got his hand to it just in case but it was dipping he was, I probably think that he just was going under the bar but I think just today great performance from the team altogether absolutely yeah. 2022 is a great year so far <laughs> thank you Sam Ricketts for being back with us on Match Day Live Extra we will speak to you again soon thank you Andy Thompson for being alongside me Match Day Live Extra back with an FA Cup special this coming weekend enjoy the rest of the bank holiday enjoy finally being able to say Wolves have won away at Manchester United have a good one.